Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Uh, there'll be some elements the same, but I certainly have always tried to do something which scares me, actually, um, because that's the way that I'm going to develop. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Strength in the Number show. Now, as you've just heard from this week's guest mentor, Charlie Landy, doing things that are scary and excites us, a bit of a challenging task, but also can really enhance our development. And similarly, during today's episode, Charlie and myself, we go on to deconstruct a few things together, particularly whether being a specialist or generous is the best approach. Charlie's had plenty of opportunities across both to, to give some really good advice around the right answer here for us. Also, how to make our experiences, uh, particularly those when we're taking on new roles and responsibilities, less scary and exciting, so we can get the most out of them. And also three fantastic lessons, hard one, for us to do to make a more meaningful impact in our careers. So look, really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to share and subscribe. We're on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And we've recently managed to get onto Spotify, which makes it easier for some of you to connect with us. So look, really appreciate you investing your time with us today. And without further ado, over to Charlie and the show. So Charlie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andy. It's really great to be here. Charlie, it's great to have you on the show as well. And look, some of our audience may not be as familiar with your background. So if you could maybe quickly share you know, a brief story of your career and journey in accounting and finance, please. Yeah, sure. So currently I'm the financial controller for the UK business in, in the company GlaxoSmithKline, a global healthcare company. Um, I actually started my career as a scientist. I did a degree in science and then I did a PhD in, uh, in cell biology and biochemistry. Um, which, which I loved um, and still very interested in that. But it, it, for me, it wasn't productive enough in, in the day-to-day work. And I went to work for a small biotech company, a very small company, actually. I think I was the employee number 10, wow. a female employee, I believe. Yeah. And that was that was a really good experience, actually, completely different you know, to, to my current company. And I got, I, I was hired as a scientist, but I said, look, I really want to get involved in business development and have an interest in finance. But, and they were great. They allowed me to, um, in a small company you can get your fingers in, in many pies so, so I was helping them to raise finance biotech companies are always looking for more finance so that was a really good experience and then um, one of my colleagues from my PhD said to me oh why don't you come along to an open day at GFK and just see what you think so I did um, and I went along to the this big building in in, uh, in West London and, and I was I was quite wowed um, and I just thought the despite the fact it's a huge organization it's a really friendly um, organization and the people were so nice and I thought yeah this is great and, and I really like the idea of, of doing finance and getting that accountancy qualification and I, I did a management accountancy qualification um, because I thought that that was uh, more sort of forward thinking more strategic more working directly with the business which is what I've done throughout my career actually and still absolutely love that. So I, I got my chartered accountancy under my belt, um, worked in a few different parts of the business on the, on the, on the graduate program. And then since then, I've really just sort of tried to grow my career and, and myself at, 
actually in terms of threat. So, so every role that I do, I'm always looking looking for to something I haven't done before, basically. I, I didn't really want to specialise. I didn't really want to become too technical. I wanted to try and get lots of different experiences um, really as soon as I could in my career. And, and to be honest, I've kind of just continued that um, as I've gone on. So I've done, I've done lots of different roles. I've done roles in different parts of the business. So we have a, a consumer business, which is more FMCG. We have pharmaceuticals, we have vaccines um, and, and tried to, like I say, tried to explore lots of lots of different things in different parts of finance as well. So financial control roles, a lot of business partner type of roles, um, global roles, local roles. So, so really tried to get that breadth and continue to do that. That's an amazing breadth. And it's, it's funny, sometimes I get a, a question coming from our audience, which is, uh, you know, how long should I stay in a role or, or, you know, should I be moving around or should I specialize? I mean, it sound, sounds like you've, you've had a, seen an awful lot, Charlie. I mean, in terms of your perceptions, I mean, is it better to specialize nowadays or is it better to have a breadth of experience? I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's there's room for both. Um, clearly, we need um, technical specialists. So, for example, treasury, tax, that sort of thing, finance. Um, but I think that the majority of the roles are, are going to be more sort of classic finance partnering type of roles. And I think that in terms of your question about how long to spend in a role, I think that's really, it's not a, a one answer, really. I think it it depends on the culture in the company. I think it depends on, on what you need to deliver in that role. I mean, clearly you need to show that you can perform and, and, and that you're delivering uh, results. I think it's difficult to say exactly. For me, typically, um, I'd probably spend around two years in a role or something like that. Yeah, I think that's what I, I'm hearing a lot of. I think it's that sort of two-year mark. Again, that's assuming you, you love it and enjoy it. And, you know, when you sort of were moving around through those various experiences, I mean, how do you... Or can you prepare yourself what you're letting yourself in for? I mean, was there a process you went through to, to you know, hit the ground running or, or, or be as impactful as you could when you arrived in your new roles? Yeah, I mean, it's always pretty terrifying, isn't it? When, particularly when, as I said, you're just trying to get breath. So you, by definition, you're going to do something that you've never done before. Um, exactly. Uh, there'll be some elements the same, but I certainly have always tried to do something which scared me, actually, um, because that's the way that I'm going to develop. <laughs> so, so by definition, it's, it's exciting, but scary at the same time to, to prepare myself. Yeah, I mean, it, I do kind of get that feeling when I start a new role. It's sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know anything. I don't even know who to ask. You know, a question of um, new team, new process. I think you get used to that feeling after a while and it's not so painful. And I think also you increase the rate at which you sort of make things happen um, and get over that more quickly. Um, and actually, to be really honest, I can't thrive on that now. So uh, I, I really like change. And, and I, I think that, you know, it's an opportunity to, to learn. It's an opportunity to see how different the way different things work, but also to, to see different people and how different people operate. And I probably learn most um, by observing people and getting inspiration from them. That's an interesting perspective to have because we hear more and more nowadays about fixed versus growth mindsets and how we should push ourselves outside our comfort zone. If, if I was to summarize what you just said there, Charlie, you know, you, you say when you were sort of thriving from the exciting and the scary. So like um, for, for some of our audience, our listeners who may be perhaps toying with the idea of, of trying to grow their experience or try some a new area of finance because let's face it there's loads out there and it's continually evolving i mean is there any sort of words of advice you could maybe share with them to to, to make that transition a bit less scary and as exciting i think 
so as I mentioned, I used to be a scientist, right? Science is all about doing experiments and seeing the results. Mm. And, I, and I almost feel like I apply that to my career because you've got to try something in order to know what it's like, you know, whether you can do it, whether you enjoy it. And if you're just sitting doing the same role for your whole career, then you're, I think you're, you know, you're limiting yourself. I think in today's world, you just, you just can't do that anyway. So you've really got to just be brave and, and take the lead. And you'll find, of course, that sometimes it isn't the role you were hoping it was going to be or, or the of team course. isn't what you thought it was. And, and in that regard, I think you have to decide what to do in that situation. And, and ideally, you would kind of fail fast and move on or, or decide you're going to put up with it for a period and, and then take another step or whatever. But, um, but you know, that's what it comes as an experiment. And I think, at least for me, you know, I find most of the time um, it does go well and I've learned a lot. And I think that you've got to be brave, right? But I think it, you'll find it pays off. And then each time you do it, it just gets easier. Yeah, that's a great answer there. It's like each time you do it, it does tend to get easier. It, it might seem very scary that the, the first time. And I, I suppose as you've been, I, I mean, I like that experimental approach and that's bringing that sort of science angle at it. Looking back on it, is there, you know, and reviewing the experiments and analysing, is there is there perhaps anything you would have done differently? Perhaps uh, looking back on it, you would have changed what you had done? So I think I might have sought more viewpoints from different people earlier on in my career. I think I'm very good at doing that now and I find it tremendously valuable because it challenges my thinking and I love it when people challenge my thinking. Um, I really encourage that in my team and in in people who I talk to. But earlier on in my career, I probably didn't seek you know enough of that and just sort of thought oh, I've got to make all my own decisions and um, which probably meant that earlier on I, you know, I probably didn't progress as fast as I could but then you know you, you learn these things over time and so, but, that, but that, that would probably be one thing I think some people are a bit wary about sharing information <laughs> probably the opposite of that you know I, I think the more you share with people the more you discuss the more you get those different views um, the, the richer you are basically that's great advice I wish, wish more people said that Charlie and it was so funny I was just you were just way you were describing that I was like playing my own sort of if I were to change one thing about my career I would have definitely sought more viewpoints sooner and that and that's that's mm-hmm. why I, I, I firmly believe in the identifying mentors sharing information it, both people in a mentoring relationship tend to grow from the conversation because uh, we're just putting stuff out there and it might or might not help but it definitely makes us richer as finance professionals for, for doing so so definitely i recommend uh, our audience follow up on that advice definitely seek more more viewpoints and um, i suppose in terms of yeah, sorry charlie yeah go on no i was just going to say that i'm glad you brought up mentoring because i think your point about both people that the mentor and the mentee getting something from that relationship is so true and and there's things like reverse mentoring which is where a more junior person in the organization would would mentor a more senior person for example and probably sideways mentoring and all sorts but i think that the point is that you learn something from from those interactions and and as a mentor and i've done a fair bit of mentoring now i've learned a lot um, from, from my mentees and you know they have from me so I think it's a it's a really valuable relationship to have. Yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, look, thanks for for sharing your experiences there. I I I, I couldn't agree more. And, and look, that was one of the main reasons setting up the strength and the numbers show is. I know maybe that the first few times of trying to identify a mentor or approach a mentor could be a little scary as well. And I think with the stories you and the other mentors have been sharing, Charlie, you know, we're you know, just human beings. And um, we figure things out just like everyone else. We've hard-won lessons. 
we've we've made mistakes um but but generally we've we've survived and, and probably thriving point having gone through those experiences so well worth um identifying mentors getting those various viewpoints and it'll, it'll make for a much richer and actually more enjoyable career all around so uh, look uh, thanks thanks for sort of sharing your career journey and calling that out I, i'd love to maybe talk with you now about present day and maybe what's exciting you most about your current work or finance in general well, it's a really exciting time, isn't it? I mean, the, the pace of change is really fast. And personally, I like that. Um, I think it, it can be tough to deal with sometimes. Um, you just think we sort of, you know, what's going on and then it's all changed. Um, but, but, it, but it's exciting times and we have to embrace it very positively. Um, you see some very negative headlines um, about, you know, all accountants are going to be out of jobs and all that sort of thing. And I just think that's nonsense. Um, I think that the finance function, if you like, is changing um like i say we need to embrace that and and, and flow with it um i think you know there's there's a, a lot of talk out there about partnering um i think it's it, it's certainly in, in my organization it's something that i think we do well and, and we're very respected um by the business and we're you know we're absolutely a seat at the table when 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 all decisions are, are happening and um you know, we're very much a part of the, of the commercial organisations. So that's clearly something that finance really needs to embrace wholeheartedly. Um, and actually, for me, it's the best part of the job. Um, I think all the all the digital transformation um, is very exciting. Um, I mean, I, I have a science background, but I certainly don't have an IT tech kind of background, so it all goes over my head a little bit. But, um, but for example, I went to a workshop recently where we, where we sat and built a box um, and that was really fun, um, just to get a bit of hands on, you know, what does it really mean? Um, it was good to see and um, just to get some experience of it. And I think that we to challenge ourselves as, as finances to, um, we, we always want to do this, but, but in, in today's organisation, tomorrow, five years from now, what, where, how will we add the value? So we're all going to have access to a ton of data, whether we're finance, marketing, um, general manager, whoever we are. And we've, you know, we've got to then think about how we add the value. And I think we are quite uniquely placed in the organisation. And we have a, we have a, a view of everything basically that's going on in the business. And, and um, yeah, I think, I don't necessarily have all the answers right now, but I think, we, you know, we're just, as, as ever, we've got to just evolve and consider what, what, what our value add is. You mentioned the word value uh, an awful lot. I mean, that, I mean, I, I obviously have very much resonates with you. I mean, where did you come across the importance of value creation or, or added value? Was it earlier in your career? Was that something you've seen or you've just always had that it's it's about delivering results for others? Or I mean, where did that come from? Wow, that's a good question. I, I think I've been in some role where I, I've never really had to question my value in a way as, as a finance partner. Mm. It, it's just been a given that I would be in, involved in everything and I would, you know, sit with the, with the marketers or with the sales guys and, you know, and, and we'd, we'd, we'd do stuff together. There's been other roles where, where I felt um, that I was really having to, to justify why I or my team were even kind of in existence. Um, and I think, I think actually that, that can be really helpful because it really makes you think, well, okay, I'm being paid to do a job, but what am I actually delivering? Am I really contributing to the performance of the business? I think that, it can, in some cases, be challenging to think. Well, actually, what what is what am I achieving? What what is my accountability? What is, what am I actually driving? And um, and it doesn't happen very often. But I think that I think that that's when you really start start to question 
um, or what you're doing and what it's driving. So yeah, I think that's where when I when I sort of thought about it most. Yeah, but they're great questions nonetheless, though, right? And that we should probably be asking ourselves from time to time, right? Is what am I achieving? What am I driving? And fundamentally, like I think with the digital changes you mentioned, the rate of change, there is so much opportunity out there now. You mentioned building a bot. One thing I, I think uh, that that's really, if we were to look at maybe across the finance teams of today versus maybe years ago, is that sort of uh, virtual growth in the teams or even even maybe diversity. Things look an awful lot different if you were to walk around a team or, or identify the, an org, from an org chart where a team is sitting or where it's uh, contributing from and the, you know the various mix of individuals in there. I mean, from a diversity perspective, is that something that you sort of excites you as well? Absolutely, yes. Um, I think that we live in a really exciting time in that regard. Um, if, if I compare sort of my opportunities um, as a female in finance versus my mum, who actually worked in, in a bank for a while, you know, and, and things were just very different in her generation and the generation before that even more different. And I think that we've, we've come away. And it's not just about gender, it's about all sorts of diversity. Um, and I think it's a really good time because we're talking about this a lot um, and, that, and that's absolutely the right thing to do, to bring, bring this out. Um, so people are discussing it. And, and I think, I mean, I'm lucky because in, in our organisation, we have programmes to, um, to kind of to help um, promote diversity uh, and inclusion. And so there's sort of some formal structured things that take place. Um, but there's also just a lot of energy around it as well. And for me, as, as a team leader, if I have a diverse team, and I, you know, I mentioned people challenging my thinking earlier, I tend to find that that the most valuable ideas or challenges will come from from you know from perhaps someone in the team who who I just wouldn't have expected, or um, you know who just had different experiences, different background, you know, just different way of looking at the world. And it, again, it just it makes me better as a leader, and and it makes ultimately our performance better because. We've got that diversity of thought. So I think it's really important. One of those things, I do hope we sort of see more studies done on this, Charlie, because like I think intuitively it makes sense. I mean, personally, it definitely feels like we're growing when we get those those different perspectives and challenge. And like that's one of the main reasons behind Strength in the Numbers is I firmly believe we've a lot of answers already with the diversity in our profession to tackle all the emerging problems that are coming up facing not just finance but the organizations we go and support as well as the communities we live yeah. in as well i think we're, we're very well placed and we're very fortunate to be such a great profession with now thanks to technology and i think our eyes opening up a bit more that um, the power of diversity so appreciate you calling that out i suppose giving us loads of great advice today charlie but you know from your own perspective what's perhaps been the best bit of advice you've ever received well, I think that quite early on, I remember someone saying to me, get breadth, as much breadth as you can, have lots of different experiences, which I think was great advice. Um, someone also said to me, get a mentor. And I remember ignoring that advice for a long, long time and thinking, oh, I, I know what I'm doing. I don't need all, you know, or, or, or actually, you mentioned this earlier, or I'm, I don't know who I would ask and I don't know how I, why, why would they want to talk to me? Well, why would they want to give their time to me? I remember thinking that um, quite a lot as well. Um, but I, I've already mentioned this, but, you know, I think there's, there's huge value to be, to be got from mentoring. So that was also a great piece of advice. 
and then just go outside of your comfort zone. Um, you know, don't do something that just seems like the obvious next step. I, I've actually considered a number of times, um, and maybe I'll actually do it one day, but doing a commercial role rather than a finance role um, to really get something different, a different viewpoint, different different challenges, different you know, different risks and opportunities, if you like. So, you know, things, things like that, just do something that's not the obvious next thing take a risk i think that's a really good advice yeah i think if you said that maybe 20 years ago to a finance professional take a risk probably wouldn't resonate but now i think i think it's, it seems to be the great way of, of just growing and having a, a meaningful career you know and, and and learning more about ourselves as well so great great uh, suggestions great uh, challenge there charlie and i suppose from your own perspective as well have there been any resources or books you'd recommend our audience go check out well, I generally enjoy reading kind of light fiction <laughs> to chill out in the evening, which I probably won't, won't, won't recommend anything specifically there. But, but I also really enjoy reading autobiographies or, or listening to them. And I've recently been recommended by a number of people, um, Michelle Obama's, which I haven't got around to listening to yet, but like, everyone says that's amazing. So that's certainly one that I will be listening to. And I also really enjoyed reading a number of years uh, a book by a lady called Fiona Campbell who walked through by herself um, around the world, um, obviously wow. in stages. Um, but yeah, I was, I was really interested in that because I, I did some charity projects in um, in Africa, and, and she described her walk from the one end of Africa to another, and that, that was really inspiring. So, I mean, I, I take inspiration from from lots of different um, lots of different areas. But yeah, I also enjoy just reading a, a nice, easygoing <laughs> piece of fiction. <laughs> By the way, I already found this out recently, but but since you bring it up, that the piece of fiction, apparently it helps the right side of our brain and uh, it helps balance out the analytical piece. I only found this out very recently, so I'm not a psychologist, but anyway, seems seems like it's it's a great thing to do. Look, uh, it's a good good thing that you just threw it out there. So, uh, so thanks, Charlie. And um, I suppose uh, should any of our audience wish to continue the conversation, where's the best place to connect with you at? Yeah, I'd be really happy to speak to people. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the, the easiest way to get hold of me. Awesome. Thank, thanks, Emil, Charlie. Well, well, look, I I love the journey from, I suppose, a scientist, experimenter, and I can see how you probably did that throughout your career, taking on that, that variety of roles and having such a richness of advice to share with us and uh, also reinforcing the, the, the benefit of mentoring and and um, sharing that, I, I find it a funny story because I went through something similar myself as why would someone want to mentor mentor us or you or me? And it's just like uh, once you get into it, um, the value becomes apparent, not just for you, but also for the mentor as well. So so thanks for sharing that and the diversity as well. I, I'm really looking forward to see how this is going to help our profession kick on um, even more than, than where we've brought it at the moment. But before we wrap up, is there any sort of parting thoughts you might have for our audience? Well, I just think that we have so much available to us nowadays as finance professionals. We're so lucky and it's very easily accessible. And the vast majority of it's free. You know, since I've sort of I've been on LinkedIn for years, but I've sort of only really discovered it properly recently. Um, and it can be a bit overwhelming sometimes, but, you know, there's so much to tap into. Um, I live in London and there's loads of free events you can go to. There's loads of people to meet. There's, there's just so much out there. And I think... Um, the more you open yourself up to, to all of that, um, you know, the, the more you get from it. And in, we're very lucky. So I just encourage everyone to, 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 to tap into all of that. That's great advice. So, so Charlie, thank you so much for sharing that and coming on the show today. Thanks very much, Andy. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. 
If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.